Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Aloha. I am now in Hawaii and I have to bring the wind of change. And that is exactly the title that we have tonight, December 12th, 2020, looking ahead on the solstice, December 21st, will be what we call the Great Conjunction. Happens every 20 years. Jupiter connects with Saturn. There's a big difference, though. This year, it's in the sign of Aquarius. It will be zero degrees Aquarius, and that means it's an air sign. It's a huge change. The connection is so close, it's referred to as a Christmas star. They think that perhaps back in Bethlehem days of yore that is in this season that we're all familiar with in the Western culture, that that was what led the wise men in the stories that are familiar, because these two are so bright. They're huge planets that are visible in the sky. December 21st, it will be on the East Coast at noon, just after noon, 12.20 p.m. On the West Coast at 10.20, that specific time. And in Hawaii, where I am, It'll be at 8.20. We do have listeners here, and I'm grateful for it. We're spreading, in fact, the speakers here from the East Coast to the Seattle West Coast to Hawaii. So we're getting a little bit many vibrational changes of, of, of thought. There's a few comments I would like to make. It is a reset button, this great conjunction that comes up every 20 years. It's... What that means, we'll discuss. Jupiter was the, known as Zeus in Greece, was the god of sky and thunder and also the god of gods because he overthrew his father, which was Saturn, the god of time. And we'll discuss that a little bit further. The, 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 like, why? Why is this in the movie? Well, we'll figure that out. There are lots of questions and things to, to, to ask. And one of them might be, if it is indeed the spirit bearer with Aquarius meeting times Sith, Scythe, you know, S-C-Y-T-H-E, the old uh, cut the harvest, what are we harvesting in time's crop? For what purpose? What meaning? For who? Well, we'll find out because now it's time for the Cosmic Collaboration Panel. Investigating the deeper questions of this month's archetype and integrating spirit and matter for unified wholeness, this is your Cosmic Collaboration Panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. 
I'm Shannon Hayes, a certified evolutionary astrologer and consultant, including Mayan astrology. I'm a stargazer, and I work with animal spirit cards. I own a hair salon, I'm a nature lover, animal activist, and photographer. And I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Yes, and the drops keep pounding on the surf. And actually, amazingly, water, I'm just brainstorming here for a moment, but the fact is that that's the great circulation, right? And it goes through air. Our topic really is this conjunction. And each of the panel members, starting with myself, will introduce an idea that we think is really uh, speaks to us significantly. And because Jupiter overthrew, for me, the mythology has recognition. It is a language that we've acquired from the ancients that spoke in a language that had deep meaning. You know, all our symbols, even the little ones that we see on the doors of places and signposts have deeper concepts that we may be considering. So just knowing that helps a lot. And remember, right now, the nodes are in south node uh, perspective-oriented belief system SAG with communication, word processing, thinking, Gemini. So it's the language of today. And Jupiter did exactly the prophecy over through Saturn. And for the purpose of its importance is that in the Roman times, it signified that it was the golden age of of Saturn, there was total, there was control, you know, it's a methodical energy that has builds and it was in a systematic flow. However, in order to evolve and come up with the changes as we do, cycles not only repeat, they, they spiral. The planet is going northwards. We know this in astronomy. And for this purpose, there's this great tangled dialogue between Jupiter and Saturn where it, where really questions, okay, things are set this way, but what purpose? Maybe we need to grow and change. So Amanda, what would you say is your big hit for, or, you know, energy that you want to share? Well, hello, Sue and Shannon. Um, happy to be here with you. Uh, I would love to talk about a little bit about the social life of trees and how that can show us a potential way of being in this new Aquarian age. Well, that's a, a leading uh, energetic thought. There is dynamic in many directions. Sounds good. We'll would pick up on that for sure. And Shannon, hello, over there on the East Coast. What is your uh, addition to our start? Well, hi, Sue. Hi, Amanda. It's nice being with you guys. Um, so, well, it's 
it's interesting because it's a big shift in energy and because we do have the jupiter and the saturn and saturn saturn likes to have control and right now we're in a time of great change and a lot of things feel and seem out of control as we sh we're shifting energy so um that's kind of what i was sort of interested in talking about is the um element the great element shift because this is a shift in element that we haven't seen since like well the planets being this close together you know we have the christmas star coming up too because jupiter and saturn are also going to be like 0 0.1 deg degree close and it's the great you know everybody's talking about the great conjunction so it's a great shift so yes yeah so sounds kind of groovy Oh, yes. In fact, it's like, how do we reconnect 800 years ago to the, the 1263, I think it was. Right. And, ex and during that time, it 1623. Was, well, I also read 12, uh, yes, in yeah. the 1600s, but, which is interesting yeah. because that's, but also 1200s, um, which is before the crusade, after the crusades, but bef around the time of the plague. You know, when yeah. things change so much. Well, yep. very good. Well, the tree, all of this contributes. And perhaps let's talk about the mythology of the sea goat that really, where we're right now, because in many ways, Capricorn, Saturn, that's its home territory. And it, it bridges into this. And I think um, this is a mythology that people aren't so familiar with because the sea goat, not just the goat, is the actual symbol for the zodiac sign. And there's some significance to this. Shannon, perhaps you want to relate to this. Yeah, story. well, I think, yeah, I mean, um, what, did you want to no, no, kind please. of start no, no. the story? or? No. Well, um, yeah, I mean, Precus was, um, he was, um, uh, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm like so spacey. Uh, so, yeah, so Precus was, is related to, um, to the uh, Capricorn. It, it's the same kind of like goat, but it's a sea goat energy. And, um, uh, well, that's okay, because we talked about it, and I realized, and I'll share I know, with our audience, you're <laughs> at three hours later, I'm, we're five hours different, so there's like yeah. the sunshine here, and it's dark where you are, which is yeah. so much like the cycles. Well, in a nutshell, and we'll talk about it as we go. Yeah, I think the little, thing that, that I really <laughs> like about the story, though, is like you were saying, is that because it, it, it is the Capricorn energy, and it's also the, the fact that like Preka's really really didn't want his children going up. So basically his, his children coming from him liked to go up to the shore. They were sea goats too, but then when they would get up on shore, they liked being out in the sun. And as they got more sun and being on the land, they started liking being on the land. So then they started growing, growing um, hind legs instead of and losing their tail. And Precus was getting upset, right? Yes. So that that change, what I find is so interesting is just that change alone. It just seems like 
relate so much to like all the changes we're going through right now you know and it's like and it's like the struggle and it's like you know yeah all all of that and i'll pick up on a couple of words one is is that when i was reading this uh, particular story and for those people that want to find it is godsandmonsters.com capricorn mythology it's evolving because when Mm -hmm. they became which is so fascinating that it's like we're not static that you know because it it's true that precus was a manifestation or creation of chronos time and that that with the children evolving into goats they'd lose their ability to think and talk because they were half god half animal and they became just the instinct of animal form and then precus was alone and he reverted time he'd try to stop it because he could manipulate time like like saturn could cronus cronus is the greek name for saturn and so it it ties into all of these dynamics eventually he realized he and this is really significant that he couldn't change facts it was reality that he couldn't control the destiny, which is it, when you think about karma, it's so tied into this and, and the struggle. So in other words, he became immortal into the, which, I, well, that's. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, he want, he didn't want, he couldn't take, he, could, he actually couldn't really handle the fact that he couldn't control stuff and he was losing his children and he felt so alone. So the gods gave him immortality by putting his constellation up in the sky, right? So that way he could look over his children without controlling them. It was almost like it's a way of not not being so sucked into having to have the control. You know what I mean? Well, it's very true. It's the observational. but Yeah, it's that Aquarian, like being able to observe Mm -hmm. it without having so much control. And an important factor that, to share with our audience that we're tying in here is the fact that in astrology, there's dual rulerships. Traditionally, Saturn was the last planet that was visible. And for Aquarius, therefore ruled Aquarius. But as Uranus in 1771 was discovered, Uranus now is a co-ruler that we as evolutionary astrologers firmly embrace. But we also recognize the Saturn part of it and another dynamic is that with uh, the fact that Zeus overthrows time you know Cronus so that isn't this an interesting fact right I think we can lead into now away from that but just to realize that right now it's always the philosophy of questioning if if Not just the structures, but the reaping of the agriculture, which was part of Saturn, is really to what purpose or how is it being productive? It's such a potent time that we're sharing here. Now, Amanda, you wanted to talk about trees. How can, can you feed that into this concept? Because I know it has a lot to do with community, which is very Aquarian. Yeah, so... I just recently ran across this story in the New York Times. It's called The Social Life of Trees. Just came out about a week ago. And it's not a new story, but it's 
it's being presented again in the news because it's just so, I mean, I don't think that anyone realized how connected to Aquarius this was, but it's just part of that synchronicity of we're, we're starting to move into an Aquarian age. And so of course the story came back up and it's about a scientist in British Columbia, Suzanne Simard, and she's now a professor of forest ecology at the University of British Columbia. And when she started studying forestry, she started to study what are called mycorrhizas. And that is the underground partnership between trees and fungi. And it's these thread-like fungi that envelop and fuse with the tree roots. So it's all happening underground and it helps the, the trees, um, they help the trees extract water and nutrients and in exchange, they receive carbon rich sugars. And so there's this kind of give and take. And, uh, and Simmer discovered that these fungal threads link ne nearly every tree in a forest, even trees of different species. So it's such like a, there's such a, a, an underground community aspect to all of this. And I love that it even encompasses different species, how Aquarian is that. And uh, a couple other notes here, uh, resources tend to flow from the oldest and biggest trees to the youngest and smallest. Chemical alarm signals generated by one tree prepare nearby trees for danger. Seedlings severed from the forest underground lifelines are much more likely to die than their networked counterparts. And if a tree is on the brink of death, it sometimes bequeaths a substantial share of its carbon to its neighbors. So this oh, is, how cool. I know. So these are all just very Aquarian um, wow. principles that these forests share. And this really rocked the biology world at the time because it was so entrenched in the um, Darwinian principle of survival of the fittest that it, I mean, it was really discounted in the beginning, but uh, her research has been so substantial that it's pretty well uh, accepted at this point. Uh, so it's just, I just thinking of how the, these trees work together and how can we learn through nature about how to best uh, move forward into an Aquarian age, because it's such a, you know, we've been in, in such strong Capricorn times and it's been a very, Capricorn's very top down and centralized. And, you know, we've all been really struggling with that. I just look at the, the way that, um, that different, that, well, I don't want to get too political, but we haven't had a, a great centralized focus for this, uh, for this virus, I guess I, right. I could say. You know, um, and so it it may be that we're we're going to say, okay, let's not do such a centralized, top-down approach moving forward. Make it more decentralized, more egalitarian, and more community-oriented. The emphasis, right. just as yes, I was thinking that Uranus, of course, is the ruler of Aquarius that both these planets now are in, and it's in Taurus. And that is so Earth. It is Uranus, the, the heavens with Earth, Gaia, and 
we've been earth-based. This is what this is the signature for this conjunction. It's entering a whole new element. And Shannon, you know, you had brought up in prior to our conversation that we always meet a little bit, and I want to bring that up that you can expound on because, you know, this Aquarius is also a fixed air sign. So it connects us to the fixed grand cross. And you were talking somewhat, as you were talking earlier about the struggle and the the conflict and other factors that that brings into our egalitarian concepts. Am I making, does that relate to you? You're talking about laziness and stuff. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, because you get into these, like, I mean, when, you know, when, when things are so fixed, you end up like, you know, you're in, the, you're almost like, you know, in like a trench, you know, you got yourself to a point where, and where everything is going, whether it is high functioning or not. And, and the, uh, there's always a point where the, the, the rhythm of that needs to change, right? It needs to break. Things need to, um, things, things get to a point where, you know, what was working just doesn't work anymore. And that's kind of what I see like happening with the way of the world just in general right now is like, I think we've just come to a point where, where, you know, Capricorn likes the sameness and, you know, and Jupiter likes to expand on things. So we've gotten to a point where I think we're just kind of in a way like overinflated, you know, we need to like, we need to like change. We need to break the, the break, the monotony, the monotony and the, um, the I, we need to, to break things up, you know, Things aren't working. It's almost like what Amanda was talking about with the trees, you know. We need to figure out how, how to become more um, um, open to each other. We're so polarized. It's like we have these two different sides and all these people that don't listen to each other, you know. Nobody's really listening and there's a lot of good ideas and so we're not sharing. And what Amanda was talking about is how the trees underground, even when they're dying, they share parts of themselves to nourish the other trees. I think we're at a point where we really need to start focusing on that in order to be able to like kind of move forward a little bit, if that makes sense. I love yeah. this collaboration. I will immediately put in the tie that I see that relates directly to Aquarius that you've both brought up because Aquarius, because it is the natural ru ruler, I mean, Uranus and is, I mean, it's, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and it breaks the rhythm. And then what, that's the one factor. And then the, the trees, the way I interpret this quickly is support group support because i love that fact that the darwinian um truth wasn't quite expanded because yes survival of the fittest but yes not just a solo act there right. is this exchange and you know isn't yep. that true of maybe what the uh, the polarization that we're looking at for a survival basis n without thinking but realizing we're in a social world right now however we want to define it but the fact is is that really what is our extent of accountability is it just for the self 
as a fit person, fittest of all? Or is it somewhat sharing and handing a spoon over to the other so that they may feed themselves if they can't reach for the bowl as in a right. Chinese idea? So this really bring, hones in this factor of the Aquarian element that's working. Oh, yeah. absolutely, right? And because we're, kind, we're right at the tail end of that Aquarian energy. I mean, the, the Capricorn. Uh, Capricorn energy. Yeah, yeah, we're at 29 Capricorn, right? So very what were you going to say, Amanda? Yes. We well, I just I I'm loving what both of you are saying. And uh, I wanted to I wanted to uh, give you one little other thing that came out of this article, because it relates so much to what you were saying, Sue. So based on this Darwinian principle, um, the the when uh, Suzanne Simard was kind of studying her groundbreaking information, loggers were clear cutting and replacing diverse forests with homogenous plantations. And the thought was that without any competitors, the newly planted trees would thrive. Instead, they were frequently more vulnerable to disease and climatic stress than trees in old, old growth forests. So it's just, it's like, we really need to be so much more accepting and, and encompassing of different people in our communities and more community-based, we've really gotten away from that in our current world. And part of that is, you know, the, the, the internet and connectivity, we don't, we didn't have to connect in community as much. And so it kind of just fell by the wayside. And I think that there's going to be a resurgence of that. No, I, I, I totally agree. I know. I love that. And you know what I think what's so interesting, too, is with the whole COVID thing and how we've had to become even more dependent on all this technology. And now people are starting to get so sick of it. It's yeah. like one, one thing COVID has done. And it's weird. It always takes something so traumatic, which is also so Aquarian and Uranian, right, is that it's actually having to take a friggin pandemic to make people realize how much they miss being around each other how much they <laughs> yeah. miss real social interaction oh, because yeah. because we have you know because with all this technology it's like it's so easy to just get tuned into it and i hear that so much from people now it's like oh i miss not going you know being able to go to the movies i miss not going to parties i miss you know, yeah. going there out to nightclubs to listen to live music. The yeah. person to person. Well, we will bring back, and after this little break, right back the three of us to connect with you, who wherever you're listening, we are so grateful to connect because together we are a community. All right. This is Cosmic Collaboration, December 12th, with Shannon Hayes. And Amanda Pierce and myself, Sue Roseman Ann. We'll be right back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. 
By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places physically and mentally to find the truths of life. Hi, this is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Yes, and we return now so gratefully and glad. And listening to that recording reminded me on a fact that I'd like to weave in here, which I love to tie together connections. And that is, is that yes, the sun is in Sagittarius. And what does that mean? It means we're looking for meaningfulness. That's exactly what Jupiter, one of these great conjunction planets that's connecting on December 21st at 10.20 a.m. here in, or there on the West Coast, and at 12.20 p.m. on the East Coast, or 8.20 here in Hawaii. But the fact is, is what is the meaningfulness of the vision? The vision is... And there's such intuitiveness for these planets that we're discussing, all of them, because, well, all, by all of them, or both of them, I might say, is Jupiter and Uranus, which is ruling the sign of Aquarius, co-ruler, along with Saturn. But it's for evolutionary astrology that seeks to find how our soul is growing, that evolution, remember, the precursor had to give up the sea goat children, let them live their own life. Life goes on. So in other words, at this point, pulling together the idea of the shadow, you know, there's shadow, not to go on too much, but just to prompt my great guest members here, Shannon and Amanda, with their great thoughts, that with Aquarian values, because it is such a social networking uh, elevation looking for elevated unity that for, to uplift the group, that type of energy, that violence is, is a factor that is quite an antithesis to their nature. Um, yet it is a very human, you know, we live on this planet. There are storms. And in fact, if you look at the fixed grand cross, which means that would be Aquarius opposite Leo, and squared by both Taurus and Scorpio, there's quite a bit of conviction in those elements just for one factor. So that's one factor. And that we, we the innovation, so in other words, let's open it up to thinking about Aquarian is also innovation. It's, it's that elevated thinking that comes up with this genius ideas. And that's the, the a positive of it. And then another shadow part is this trauma that met, uh, Shannon was referring that for evolutionary thinking perspective is also part of the, by breaking away the pattern 
the rhythm, which is so Uranus and Aquarian, that there's trauma inflicted, which on some scale we we can see daily. And, yeah. You know, so there's yes, let's we'll go into that territory. Yeah, well, I mean, it is interesting because you do see the trauma. I mean, you see it like in our country right now, correct? I mean, with our polarization, I mean, it's like one side is wanting the change and then the other side is wanting to stay the same. And there's this fight, right, going on right now. I mean, you know, I see it in my town. I see, you know, people who are I'm only going to say this briefly and I'm not going to stay on it because I know <laughs> I know it's too much politics and I won't go there. But just as an example, I mean, it's like, you know, this president, his supporters in the town I'm in right now, they're like driving up and down the street with all the signs and the flags and they're screaming out the windows and they're making all kinds of like horrible remarks about what's happening right now about, you know, the presidency being stolen and all this stuff, right? I mean, you know, you feel like the pulls of these these planets in the in their signs that they're in. And and you know, you it's like you can almost feel the degree, don't you think? Sometimes like this late Capricorn, it's like it kind of feels so dark in a way, the twenty nine degree thing, the dark before the light. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. It it does, and especially because with the Aquarian, this shift, I got what I'm really sensing is I can't I can't get past the um, the old Obama slogan, "Hope and change." Like that's what this Aquarius energy feels like, and it's probably a bit more of that Jupiter energy because Saturn is really going to say, "Look, you have to work hard to get this vision going." Um, and I think that it's, I think there, there is a lot of potential for hope. And, and many astrologers were hoping that the, at the start of this pandemic, that a vaccine would come out around the time of the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. So, and now we're seeing it and we're seeing the, the first people being inoculated in the UK and the vaccine getting authorized in the United States. So there is that hope, but, but Shannon, like you were talking about, there is still that, that darkness. And I don't know that we're fully past it because we still have Pluto in Capricorn yep. and that's Absolutely. heavy. Yep. And especially in the United States, we're coming up on our Pluto return. Our Pluto so return. Yep. That is going to intensify even more. Yeah. Just to Plus, let people know that will be 2022. That happens yep. three times as a conjunction. Couple years. So go yeah. ahead, Amanda, if you have something else. Oh, I yeah. Well, well, I just want to talk about the um, the kind of shadow side of Aquarius that you you had mentioned, Sue, and, and Shannon, that you had talked about well, the, if, um, the yeah, fixed I, quality where okay. that's a bit, that's going to be a little bit challenging because, you know, people have their views and especially yep. with Aquarius, that's about the mental, it's the, it's the, um, the ideas and the thinking, you know, it's like people have their, their set way yeah. of thinking. And with yeah, Jupiter. it's mental. Exactly. It's air. It's mental energy, right? 
Yeah. Although the square, I have a couple of thoughts here. One is you're correct, but I am remembering the dynamicism of that grand square because it looks across to the manifestation of the Leo energy that really is that leadership in a group, which is, it's not that you trade one off, you exchange, which is what we're bringing up. But what really, that's an observation and awareness, but what really prompts the action is the Taurus and the Scorpio, both fixed, Taurus and Earth, which Uranus is in, and and Scorpio, which is ruled by Pluto for evolutionary and a co-ruler with Mars. But the fact is that's emotional. But again, they are set ones. But what comes to me, I wanted to bring up what um, on both of your comments was, uh, because I did offer, let's talk about some of the shadow and the trauma. And what I was thinking about went back to the trees. I was looking at a note where it was from the oldest to the young. And I realized also what with this political problems that we are, or social problems, we can call them that, um, tying those both together because the news is on pretty frequently here in our household. I am married and uh, I, I am aware of the crowds and throngs that are venting their pro protest. So even though in beautiful Hawaii, I'm looking at rolling tides, but what comes to mind as a bridge of hope is intergenerational. I'm thinking again of the precus and other factors of, of just Saturn itself, which represents Gener you know, time. It's right, like, generations, exactly. Because, yeah, yep. if, we, if possibly what I'm getting down to also to tie in is as a viewpoint, get beyond the stereotypes. That's a, again, breaking the system of what we think of the material. Like we see a person, whether it's a little lady with white hair or whether it's a, a person of some other uh, heritage of one's own. There's so many stereotypes that unfortunately still are stuck in people's brains. But what's happening now is that we are living among strangers, which in a sense, what I'm drawing on is that Jupiterian thought, you know, that is like overseas of the, of the above the other uh, mentality that bridging, but yet it's not what we think who it's not the physical stereotype picture. It's the soul person or the heart person of the evolved point of where they're at. So if we can break away into this reaching out into gen intergenerational uh, support systems and see beyond the stereotypes and into the souls of people, I think that's a lot of hope. Well, yeah, yeah it's the, like, it's, oh, go ahead, Amanda. Oh, well, just one little comment. Um, Suzanne Simmer talks about mother trees in the article, and these are the oldest, largest, most interconnected trees, and they have the capacity to nurture those around them, even when they're not literally their parents. And that is something that really correlates with the Aquarius moon, like the, a high expression of the Aquarius moon and uh, nurturing, nurturing and mothering those that are not actually your children. And, and, and animals States, do that too. 
Yeah, and and the United States has an Aquarius moon, so it's really something that we could uh, tap into here in this country. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Shannon, what were you going to say? Add to that. You were both. Well, on- uh, yeah, I know we're both like kind of thinking along the similar sure. lines. Uh, well, I was kind of thinking too long, like oh, along the lines of the intergenerational thing. I mean, it's like it's you know a passing of the torch. Yes. You know, it's like it's like older mindsets have got to make way for a younger, more modern, a more um, a way of thinking that relates more with this day and age, and like that's part of what i see is our polarization you know it's like and and that's it's going to take some time to figure out and i think that um science is a is a big bridge in that area because i think that from science we're learning about things like what amanda brought up about trees you know they're coming they're going to come up with vaccine for everybody and we're going to see that happen you know i think it's part of like the whole aquarian age i think we're going to have to deal honestly with more pandemics coming because there's so many more people and there's such a huge change in our natural environment because of the lack of the resources that are being usurped you know so um yeah, I mean, it's like kind of spread well, out I'll, all over oh, the place. Wait, but. No, I, can, I can jump on this one. This is yeah, go for it. passing the torch. Oh, baby. Right? You know and that's I kind of the hope this? too, right? Well, it is. And what I love about this is not we're in a teamwork together. Again, yeah. it's like there is an astrology here. I've got a thought here. Let me lead it out. That in astrology, there has been this thought because we have nodes, the lunar nodes, and with astrology, with evolutionary astrology, it's so important. And when I first became aware of it and somewhat in the conversation that one would hear, it would be like, ooh, this is bad. No, that's good. You know, the judgment call. And then there was the insight. Hey, wait a minute. No, it's just an integration. It's like a new fusing, like actually right. two parents creating a child. My point is this, is that I think in the air signs a it's very youthful gemini itself i'm a gemini you're a gemini uh shannon you know we we know this and others but it's a very youthful it's it's a fresh curious type of of thinking pattern so it is really a matter of uh, if we're in an air form of of uh, just think of air of of but in aquarius is what we're talking about and the next uh, retrogrades the next year I was being told by Laura Tad, Dr. Tad who's um, next week will be speaking with a planet buzz that I'll be bringing up in fact next week planet buzz is going to be initiating YouTube, we're going to be on YouTube it'll be very exciting all of us will be on YouTube, you'll see our little happy faces as we smile our words through, but at any rate the point is is that all three of those retrogrades are purely without going into another, they're going to stay in air signs. The, the point being that if we look at the Pluto generation in Libra, you know, as it left uh, Cancer, Taurus, which it was 30 years in Taurus, then in Cancer it was 25, in 
Leo, it was about 20. And then radically went down until Scorpio was 12. That's the opposite of Taurus. And so we're connecting and bumping into a lot more Pluto generational people. And we have a vibrant Pluto in Libra. In fact, we have one on our crew, Amanda Pierce. And that generation, I think, is really going to be a spokesperson because the energetically, the way they navigate their changes is going to work with the energies that we are reset with. And that group is well into adulthood. It's not like they're children. I mean, we're all children, but it's still like reputable positions and experience. So yeah, this passing of the torch, I think is uh, not a relinquishing, but yet a go getting to the end line together. I love it. Well, I, you know, I, I hope that the, the, the um, Pluto in Libra generation is able to kind of guide us as a society into a more balanced place in relationships so that we're not quite so polarized. Then again, you know, anybody that's got Libra in their chart is dealing with extremes and trying to find that balance. But because the Pluto and Libra generation has been um, on this planet for quite some time, hopefully there's, you know, there's going to be some guidance and some learnings from from them in terms of of finding that um, finding that that right balance where we can all live together and we can live as a community that's helping one another. I think that it is going to be really it's going to be quite challenging to get there. And next year, uh, Saturn is going going to square Uranus three times. So Saturn in Aquarius and Uranus in Taurus, both fixed signs, both not wanting to budge. And when it, you know, that when it's a, a square to Uranus, it's going to be something that's pretty, um, pretty challenging coming up. Not that a, a square to Saturn isn't challenging either. So it's, but it's going to try and shock the shock us out of that um, complacency that can happen with the fixed signs and with the fixed thinking of Aquarius. Shannon, yeah. did you because I was going to add that a couple well, here I'm asking well I was just gonna just kind of like ride Amanda's tail for a second like what when you were talking about you know kind of being open and um because of the fact that Aquarius can be kind of rigid in its thought also you know i mean and also there's on the other side of that like where it can just be plain lazy you know i mean uranus like uh, uranus and taurus i mean can have that ability because it's like taurus is fixed uranus is fixed you know it can be very stubborn so there's there's definitely a need for um trying to be ob objective in allowing for different perspectives and different um, opinions and different scientific information, you know, different pe people's different views on life in general in order for things to have a better flow, I guess I so. I can support that thinking. It feeds into what I have been thought thinking because Aquarian is the community and its groups. It, yep. On shadow side, it's going to be elite groups, but yet 
which to just recall, you know, so it's not ostracizing. But the point is, is that many groups, just like the trees, there's one group of trees. Are, that doesn't mean the oaks are looking out for the ferns or something. But I mean, not, not the ferns or trees, but the bamboo trees. But in other words, that, yes, I think with the Aquarian energy, there it's like-minded. There is this um, social drive to connect with like-minded souls. That's why I'm so glad to have Talk Cosmos and reaching out and looking forward to having um, the YouTube besides the podcast and the fact that we have little teams here because there is a greater unmeasurable uh, product that comes out of diversity, of comes out of these viewpoints. You see the whole house for Pete's sakes, you know, it's like you can only see things through contrast, even artistically speaking. So that was, um, oh, it, yes. Well, I wanted to mention something, Sue, um, that I think with this, the the great conjunction that we'll also be seeing um, a lot more um, environmentalism or that's gonna become a lot more important. And especially because we've got Uranus and Taurus, which literally can be translated as earth change. And so Uranus as the modern ruler of Aquarius is ruling that conjunction. And I think that it's a, it's a, it's a nice omen that we've received a vaccine at the time of this conjunction, because that may portend other um, other great advances scientifically that we may see um, because we may just have to, we're, we're kind of backed up against a wall when it comes to where our environment is. And it, it may, with this transition into um, Aquarius by both of these planets, that may be what kind of pushes us forward in terms of great advances. That's my hope. I'll say that cultural awakening, Uranus is awakening, and so is Aquarian, just because we have, a, you know, I'm beginning to tie in some hopeful, you know, because hopes and dreams is Aquarian, yes, and for good reason, because there is, you know, between looking at Jupiter in Aquarius, it expands and looks outside the box, both of them into new realms of undetermined opportunities, options. And even Einstein at Pisces said imagination, which is very Piscean, but still it's that you have to look beyond the, what's the combination. To Right. How, it's like having a vision. Yes, right. Yes. And exactly being open to innovative new ideas. You know? And the intuition I mean, of it, too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That it's not just all, yeah, I'm just dovetailing with you, that it's not just the linear left brain thinking, but to really embrace that these inspired thoughts may be impractical, but yet have some tent, some kind of a message that can lead us in a, in a pathway that we hadn't observed well, yeah, because we've got, I mean, we've got, you know, quite a bit of healing to do, like on many different levels right now, you know, and, and 
a lot of so you know recovering from like you know social practices that just aren't working anymore or that have just been kind of tearing at our country on all different levels you know as far as naturally with resources with you know us being social and aware human beings you know i mean just you know and being and treating each other fairly and equally you know it's like we have a lot of work to do on healing and recovery and we're we're only going to be seeing you know more of that that shadow coming forward with the the pluto return coming up in the country so there will be ample uh opportunities for us to delve into that healing right well, and to, is, yeah learn from it right we have to learn yeah. how to, to do it's this it's a process it's yeah a process. and you know when i think about it looking at the direction going back to the beginning one of the factors in the beginning of the talk was that the missing shannon you were bringing it up which is really a valid point that in the next 20 years because we're talking about a 20-year cycle yes it's hard to see that far it, it'll be news when we get there but it is that Leo across that says that that really strength of the of the draw of the show, right? It's like right. being on stage and having an audience, and it could be like the teacher in front of the classroom. It could be a a, a, a wife with a husband, man or woman, man and man, whatever, and and it could be with their children. It could be in any dynamic. It's that personal touch you know because taurus is senses we we, um scorpio is the exchange and it's that fusion of the souls of 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 marriage of of sex there's we need to connect and i think keeping the heart keeping and, and leo is heart you know it's one thing to love groups and to remember that but that unity of all of us that the whole part of us is a message to to you know focus to help us out of trauma and shock help us unite right absolutely well gosh we will be revolutionizing you know when i think of code words we wrote down a ton of words it's like it's a uh, not just a renewal it's like a real a, a landscape we haven't seen before like that flash of right yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and it's exactly. not just it's not just um it's not just a 20-year cycle and i know sue you'll be going into this a bit more in the I think next week, but it's a a 200 year cycle into air. And so this Aquarius energy is just kicking that off. Oh, it does. Ooh, this segues into our little music. Now we have about a good half a minute. We don't need to just clue off abruptly, but it is such a pleasure to work with both of you, Shannon and Amanda, Amanda and Shannon. And is Sue and Amanda? Yeah, and you know, we will be visual. We will be, all of the shows are going to be on YouTube. That's going to be on Top Cosmos YouTube channel. It's going to be on KKNW YouTube channel, or you can listen to the podcast on any podcast. And of course, you into us live and subscribe. We are so delighted to have you out there and in with 
sharing this life and want to. Yeah, I'm excited to see you all next next month. <laughs> right. I know this will be great, right? Talk about innovation, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. See ya. <laughs> Blessings, all. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. Continue finding your roots in the stars.